0: This is the What's Brewin' Podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Services. What's up, Brewin' Nation? Johnny Gamut and Coach Tony Miller on the What's Brewin' Podcast. And we have with us Coach Burton Uwaro of the men's basketball team joining us. And uh, today we're going to talk about another topic in our summer series that we've been doing. And uh, coach, I know you came onto the program this last year, but no stranger to uh, the bench in basketball, um, both at the high school level and now at the college level. And you know, there's there's something that I think a lot of coaches talk about, but even before the show, you were talking about how some coaches don't really get the idea of building a culture or having a culture around your basketball program. You know, so many guys see the X's and O's of it and see the, um, you know, it's all about winning, it's all about championships and those kinds of things, and they don't really think about there's ancillary things that make a program successful on the court and also successful off the court. So today, uh, Coach Uaro is going to talk with us about uh, some of the aspects of building the culture, and, and Coach Miller is going to chime into it as well. But Coach, maybe just to start off the discussion, you know, for those, we have a lot of coaches who listen to this, um, student athletes, players, parents, those kinds of things. So so from your perspective as a coach, wh- what is this idea? What is this culture that we talk about, particularly for basketball?
1: Well, before he we went on the air, I was telling you about a coach who was getting ready to go into his first year of coaching, and it's it really just stems from that old quote, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care, and that's where your culture really needs to start. And it's really, I think especially at our level and at the school that we're at, it's probably... of what's really important, more than the 25% X's and O's. And the teams that you see, like the Boston Celtics, that overachieve. All of Brad Stevens' teams have probably overachieved from the time he was at Butler. Quinn Snyder's team this year with the Utah Jazz. And one of the reasons why they overachieve is because of the culture that they have. And they're able to do things because they bought in... um, to what they're doing together. And so that really leads kind of to my definition. Uh, Your culture is really your vision for your program. It needs to be a subset. Like my culture needs to match with what my school is. My culture can't be something else. It can't be an island unto itself. So it has to be a vision that they can buy into, um, where if they're going to make a choice, it's the filter through which all their choices should come. So if they're doing things off the court, in their classroom, at home, away from school, uh, with their girlfriend, anything like that, it is everything that happens on and off the court and what you allow and what you won't allow. Um, so I think that's a really good place to start with the definition of culture. We could spend an hour talking about it, <laughs> but for the purposes of this program, I think that's what, what culture means.
2: Before we get into the practical, some, some practical things that you can do to help build the culture, can you maybe talk about why you think either it's often overlooked by coaches. Johnny kind of touched on it on the beginning, but you know, from your perspective, why why is why is it often overlooked or maybe um why is it not done well whether that's on the high school level or on the college level.
1: I think the reason that it's overlooked is usually we coach how we were coached and While culture has been a part of things in the business world for a long time, Uh, really for the past 30 years, it's really been a buzzword in the business world. It has not been a buzzword in the coaching world until probably the last seven or eight years. And I think a lot of coaches just aren't used to that being a part of, of what they need to prepare for. And I think a reason why it's not done well is because it takes a lot of time and people are fooled into believing the X's and O's are the most important thing of coaching. They see the things that are celebrated on social media or on ESPN and culture things are not celebrated near as much as things that you see uh, highlights, things like that. But your culture is revealed um, when problems come in an organization. If you see the way Maybe the Patriots have handled problems over the years. They've done some things well. They haven't done some things well. You see the news that came out yesterday about Colangelo and the, and the 76ers. That reveals a lot of things about the 76ers' culture. Uh, they've had problems with tanking for the draft, trying to get draft picks and stuff like that, and they've done things to try to shortchange the process. And I think your culture is revealed uh, when you don't spend a lot of time and, w- and when it is overlooked.
2: I think one of the things that uh one of the reasons why it has been overlooked is because we've kind of had an improper view about it. I think you would agree with me that it is essentially character building. Is is makes up a, a huge part of, mm-hmm. of, you know, building your culture. And there has been for years this idea that sports builds character. And so it's almost become kind of a passive thing. So if we make our teams work hard, if we make them get along, then they will learn these things that will help them in their character, that will help them later on. And I found that even with this generation, I don't know if it really has been different with past generations, but especially this generation, they do not get things passively. Like they need to be shown very specifically the correlation between this is hard work, this is honesty, this is integrity, this is, and this is what it looks like. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know if you agree with that. or.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, nothing good ever really happens by accident. It only happens when you plan it out and when you work it, work it, work it. And, you know, we spent a long time, mm-hmm. we were away at the beach, that it's so important to us to talk about as coaches and for us to be on the same page. I don't know how much time we spend, but I think we spent probably an hour and a half, two hours just talking through every aspect of our program. And really what it boiled down to is what is the culture of our program going to be? What do we need to do in the off season to make sure that it's as good as it can be next year? And we have all the plans ready to go. What are some character traits that this group of individu- individuals is going to need that last year's team didn't need?
0: So many coaches will, you know, I know I've had the experience – you sit down in those early days of preseason and you go over the the three pillars or the five pillars or the, the fist or whatever whatever analogy the coach wants to use. Um and, and and you have your principles for the year. And I think so oftentimes you have coaches who visit that so early on and then they never touch it the rest of the year or even in the off season or whatever and, and that's, you know, almost like a checklist for them where they can say, okay, I've I've done my culture talk. Now we can get into the X's and O's. Uh, one of the things that you stress is about how you can consistently enforce that culture um, so that a guy who comes in his freshman year, whether high school or, or college, knows that by the time it's his senior year, this, this is our program, this is what we stand for. And so hopefully by the time the guy gets to be a senior or even a sophomore, junior, he, he is getting that culture over and over and over again. So how as a coach, how do you reinforce that culture to where it's not just this is the thing that we do the first session of our of our year every single
1: year, and then we never touch it again. We do that in a lot of ways. Uh, like I split the team in half this year between Coach Miller and I, and our because of a college schedule, I'm not going to say that we were perfect in our execution of it, but we gave the effort. Uh, we will continue to improve in that. But we met with each individual player and talked about, we're supposed to talk thirty minutes a week if we were able to meet with them weekly, but thirty minutes a week about things that had nothing to do with basketball basketball was not allowed to be brought up during that time and really getting to know your your players and what makes what motivates them, what scares them, what their hopes and dreams are all of those things go into if you if you 've already defined what your culture is with your team. Then once you're meeting with them individually, again, that's the filter through which you're having all of these conversations. You're relating your conversation with that young man back to that. Uh, we have the Group Me messaging app where we're constantly sending them podcasts or short video clips or a meme or something that reinforces our culture. We go through a book every year. I've gone through all of, of Tony Dungy's books recently, um, from Leading with a Heart to Uncommon. Uh, we went through four pillars of a man's heart this year with the team just talking about how to be uh, the kind of man that we're supposed to be bef- so that we'll be the kind of husband and, and father that we're supposed to be. Um, we go through articles. We have a team notebook, and we go through articles where we're reinforcing what we're talking about by handing out a recent article, something that's happened in the news, something that that they can see where it really happened well, and we're reinforcing that way, or we see the danger of when it doesn't happen and what disaster it brought on to somebody. Uh, maybe it was a professional athlete who didn't have good character. Um, and so th- those are just a few ways that we reinforce what we're trying to, to do through our culture.
0: No, no. again, we have, we have coaches who listen to this, and, and you, just a short time ago, were a high school coach. Mm-hmm. And you had to balance, you know, a lot of high school coaches are, you know, they teach four or five different classes, at least they're, they're the head basketball coach, they're the bus driver, they're the, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So a lot, maybe some guys are are listening to the podcast now going, that sounds great. And that sounds like a, a wonderful thing. There's no way I can meet with my guys on a weekly basis. There's no way I could, you know, send out all the kinds of articles because I have barely enough time to, to get through practice every single day, much less all this other stuff. So uh, what are some ways, you know, as we move on in the uh, in the in the podcast here, what are, what are some practical suggestions that you would give a coach? Um, or maybe a, an assistant coach who's looking to get, you know, his first head coaching gig or is is trying to grow himself as a coach and, 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 uh, and expand his abilities in that way. What are some kind of practical tips for somebody who maybe hasn't ever looked at this culture topic seriously as a way to get started?
1: I think, first of all, you make time for what's important to you. And for me, when I was in high school, I was the I was a principal of a large school i was also the history department head i was um then i was the head of a basketball program that had seven teams for it and it was important enough to me i felt like that's what god called me to do and if god calls you to do something god calls you to do it in an excellent manner he doesn't call you to do it in the time that you have left over and i I personally believe that if you're only dealing with it in the time that you have left over, then then it would be best if somebody else did that job. I think if you're going to do something, you need to do it well. And that doesn't necessarily mean X's and O's, but I would say you, you can get up earlier. You can do a lot of stuff in the off season that prepares you because we do only have X amount of time during the school year, but there's a lot of stuff that you can do in the summer and over your breaks, if it's what's really important to you. You can read ahead, you can listen to those podcasts, and you can edit things out so that during the school year, you can send things out that you've already been preparing for. You don't have to actually find all of that material during the course of your 16-hour workday or whatever Hmm. it turns out to be. So that would be my first advice. Uh, One of the books that, as a resource, that's been really helpful to me is three-dimensional coaching the heart behind the jersey and i think that's something you know when i talk to the elite campers here that's something that a school like bob jones can provide that maybe you wouldn't get at another school at a state school they're not really allowed to in the way that we do touch the spiritual side of a human and with a 3d coach you can touch their brain you can touch their heart you can touch the physical aspect of them and so you can that, that book was very transformational in, my, in the formation of my coaching philosophy. Um, we go through the team captain's leadership manual with my, with my captains, and you have to have your leaders buy in, and your leaders can help put the culture out too, and that's a 12-week program. But again, when I was in high school, I got all the captains from all the teams, and we met at 6 o'clock in the morning for 12 weeks. And we went through that program. We met once a week for 12 weeks, and we went through that program through 12 chapters, and it was transformational to our school's athletic philosophy. And um, did I want to get up at 5.30 to be there by 6? No, I didn't. But I think part of what a leader does is sacrifice. And I think that was, I didn't intend to do that, but I think that was a really good thing for those kids to attend that leadership class because it showed them that, To be something special, you've got to do things a little bit different than other people.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about why you feel, you know, we talk about building the culture from a coach's perspective, but when you go down to that next tier, as as Tony alluded to just a little bit earlier, you know, so often this generation, and I feel like it's going to continue to be this way, really needs that um, active influence, how do you feel like that second tier of having that team captain um, or that leader on your team to reinforce that culture? Why why that's so important, you know, particularly that leadership class or, you know, our our captains last year or or whatever it may be uh, of how that's important to get them to buy into the culture and then allowing them to take it kind of to the next tier. Maybe Tony, maybe you can speak to that a little bit more.
2: I think just empowering We had on on our Bruins basketball show a couple weeks ago, Dustin Killo was talking, and when he was first chosen as a captain, it took him by surprise. And I think it gives kids like that who may not view themselves as a leader or somebody who has the potential to lead, when you give them that kind of responsibility for their own personal good and long-term success, it kind of empowers them and encourages them to lead. And then some really neat things can happen, I think, for a kid like that. Then he has the opportunity to lead others, and then they see, you know, if Dustin can do that, who's kind of a mild, mild-speaking, mild-mannered guy, off the court, uh, then <laughs> then I can too. And I think, you know, there's a quote that that goes around in the coaching circles is that a player-led team is a whole lot better than a coach-led team. And so if you can you can kind of pass that on what you're actually doing is creating more leaders. We talked a lot this year about like the next 14. And so if if I have, was it 14? 14, so if I if, if, have. Uh, 14, wait, 15. Yes, depending on how many you have on your on your team. You know, but 20. if you have, yeah, yeah, right. If you, you know, as coaches, we empower those 14 and, and lead those 14, and, and then they go, go out and make 14 more, and then those 14 go, you know, your impact, you know, exponentially increases. And so again, it's more about the here and the now and the wins and the losses. You know, really if you take care of the culture stuff, everything else takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really believe that. Like that's something that you tweet, that's something that sure. you put on a T shirt or something like that. And people are like, Yeah, 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 okay, that sounds great. But it really is true. Like if you value it, then you will put time into it. And if you put time into it, I guarantee in the long run, it may be slower than a gimmick or something that happens on the court, but in the long run, like you're going your program is going to have lasting success. And I think that <clears throat> you know, what what it what was said was we value time really more than we value anything else nowadays. That, that is our most valuable asset. But you can find time here and there mm-hmm. to send them a tweet or send a group message. And to be honest, like, I would, I would, if you asked our players, they probably would say, I didn't even know these things were actually happening at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, they may look back and be like, we didn't meet every week for, for 30 minutes. Yeah, but, you know, they came over to our house. They got multiple messages from us. They were in group texts. They were in individual texts. They were came by our office and talked for 15 minutes here and there. Like, Just really value the time and redeem the time and really look for a time because you are so busy that you're probably not going to be able to chunk out huge, huge segments of time. Um, but in the long run, again, you reach those three, four, and and really splitting them up is a great idea. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have the opportunity to give them to an assistant coach or just involve somebody else like that, the impact is going to go much, much further than you trying to do it all and getting burnt out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you, particularly at any level that you're at, I feel like a high school coach or a college coach, the, the more responsibility they take on, the, as you said, coach, the more you're doing, the, the the fewer things you can do really, really well because mm-hmm. you're just so bombarded. So so again, maybe for that, that high school coach particularly or that college coach, other practical suggestions that they could, uh, you know, we, we talked about. Um, making the time for it we talked about you know doing things in the off season delegating your responsibilities you know maybe maybe you don't drive the bus maybe you get a, a parent or another person with a CDl to drive the drive the bus or something like that um, but but what are some other practical suggestions for a coach who maybe you know putting it all out there has has just been about the wins and losses has been about the x's and O's and really is starting to come back and see now that you can have wins, and you can have consistent championships and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, is that really all that matters when you guys talk about impacting those 14 and then those 14 impacting another 14 and those kinds of things? I guarantee you there's a coach listening or an assistant coach listening who may have thought about that kind of for the first time of, wow, you're right. You know, I I want this legacy to go on past the last time those guys hang up their shoes and I want them to to impact somebody else. So, um, kind of building on that culture, other practical suggestions for, for coaches or maybe a captain or or those kinds of things.
2: Wouldn't you say the, the thinking together where you're making them think and give responses was probably one of the biggest Mm -hmm. where we all sat in the classroom together and, and went over the simplest thing is to get a book, some sort of leadership book, And it's not just here, read the book, and we come back together and answer some questions together. But I felt like when we all sat together in that room looking at each other and you asked them questions or you had a guy lead the discussion, it made them invest something into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, that takes a little bit off the coach for having to prepare every type of meeting that you have together. But it really, you don't learn best by just hearing you learn best by doing and I think having the players lead those sessions was really really uncomfortable for them but it really grew them and you know we went away which I meant to start off with but we we went away before the season started to a camp in North Carolina and it's something that I've tried to do with my teams and you, you don't even have to get out of town you can meet at your school and do that but if you meet away from everybody before the pressures of the season starts and you really talk about what you want to be about and let them tell you what kind of program they want to have, I think that's a that's a great way to start that process. And if you get buy-in from them with that, then when you ask them to lead a session, they're going to be that much more invested in leading that session and doing a good job than just checking it off a list or trying to just get through their session so the next guy can have his turn. It's going to be something that's that's more important to them, I think.
2: If, if they never take ownership of it, it doesn't yeah. matter how great your personal culture is. Like The program's culture is never going to change, and they're never going to do that unless they have something vested in it.
1: I agree.
0: Good stuff, guys. I, uh, we've got a lot of content here, got a, a lot of good stuff. I want to put this out there as we've done the last couple of weeks. If you have further questions or um, comments, do, those kinds of things, please feel free to look up uh, on our staff directory on our website, bjubruins.com. Uh, Coach Iwaro's information is there. Coach Miller's information is there as well. You can follow him on social media as well. Um, They would be more than happy to to send resources or be able to answer some questions for you coaches or or others out there that are looking for further clarification on this topic. Uh, That's going to do it for this week's episode of the What's Brewing Podcast. Again, you can listen to former episodes and other episodes online in a variety of ways. You can look at our website, bjubruins.com slash podcast. We're also on Anchor and iTunes. Uh, We'd appreciate you to rate and subscribe on iTunes iTunes so that helps us in our rankings. But for Coach Tony Miller, I'm Johnny Gamet. That's What's Brewing. You've been listening to the What's Brewing podcast brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Planning. To learn more, visit planfirst.com.